Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Everything is bigger in Texas, including the size of the shadow cast by my sundial. It's high noon for Friday, August 21st, 2020. And we have just completed the Democratic National Convention. Uh, I watched very little of it because I was in Texas. Hence, the Texas shout out in the opening. I don't even know what to call it. I was trying to think of a name for it on the fly. Didn't work. So we're just going to have to go with the opening for now. I will think of something better to call my Western phrases. Everything is Western because it's high noon. I guess that makes sense, right? (laughs) So I was down in Austin, Texas for a few days. Um, I flew both ways, as one does. And uh, I had to, for the first time, endure prolonged mask wearing. Because up until then, I would wrap a bandana around my face if I had to go into a store or other private business. Um, Or, you know, when you go to a restaurant and then you have no mask on and then you have to put a mask on to go to the bathroom and then you come back and you have no mask on, you know, for the science. Um, So I wore one of those awful... I guess they call them cloth masks. Is it even cloth? I don't know what it is. But they loop around your ears and they make you breathe your own breath all day. And uh, that's not fun. It's not at all nice to have to breathe the same air back in. And so like everyone else, I cheated the whole time and uh, tried to make it so that air would get in and out of my mask. And the thing is... Knowing that everybody cheats on it and knowing that you're in a flying metal bus, who in the world could possibly, 
possibly believe that masks work. You can take them down while on the plane to eat and drink. What fucking sense does that make? It either is a dangerous disease or it's not a dangerous disease. It either is communicable in those spaces or it is not. It doesn't change because you need a drink of water or to eat a packet of pretzels. And when you eat pretzels, you have to drink more water, (laughs) thus leaving less time masked, thus increasing pandemic spread and killing people's grandmothers. You assholes. So I breathed in my breath for a consistently long time. It was as disgusting as one might imagine when breathing one's own breath all day. Uh, But eventually I made it to Texas. And before I tell you about Texas, I love Texas. But before I tell you about it, let's talk about a thing called mask mouth, which everyone should Google because it turns out that your mouth is actually emitting things that aren't supposed to be in your body. And so when it emits those things and then you suck them right back in, you make all sorts of new bacteria in your mouth that your mouth was trying to get rid of. And so dentists have had all sorts of patients with gum disease and with cavities. I've never had a cavity in my goddamn life. And I'll be damned if I'm going to have one from a COVID mask. What the fuck are we doing? How can anyone believe that these things work? All right. If our big concern is flying pieces of spittle in passing, maybe the mask would help. Of course, that isn't the big concern. Nor is asymptomatic or presymptomatic spread because the instances of them are extremely rare. That is what the actual science says. But we've spent now well over five months being told that every person around us is a vector of disease. That's insanity. It's also insanity when it is not hard to find that they can see the main vector of spread being sustained contact, which is like over 10 or 15 minutes in close indoor quarters with someone who is symptomatic. Okay, so what the fuck are we doing? And then you walk through the airport the most depressing place on earth now. The restaurants and shops are all closed. Everybody sits around just being all gross with their masks on. And then you get on the gross plane. (laughs) It is unbelievable that people cannot think their way through this. Okay? There is no amount of studies produced after May 2020 that outweigh reality or the reality that all of science prior till May 2020 said that masks do not prevent viral spread. How are we all 
pretending to be this dumb. And the thing is, it's just tribal signaling. Your mask says to other people with masks, hey, I'm scared too, or I'm being respectful. (laughs) Fucking kidding me? Other countries are reducing their COVID death numbers. The United States, with any proper accounting, will do the same. Although that will never happen if Joe Biden is elected. Because, of course, they will shut all this down, blame 170,000 whatever deaths on Donald Trump, even though some of them were from motorcycle accidents and car crashes and murders. But who cares? Wear a mask. Save lives. Stay home. Save lives. Fuck this. The people who have to wear masks all day, I feel nothing but sadness and pity for. I am so sorry that the government full of delusional democratic morons and anti-science hacks is forcing people to do this during their work days. You know, I went to check my bag in at the airport and the whole row of attendees just stands there all day long in their masks. It is awful. It is stupid. It is so stupid. It is so cruel what we are doing. And by the way, nearly every place in the United States, certainly every place that has had an outbreak in the continental United States has reached herd immunity. Like everywhere else in the world, herd immunity hits somewhere around 15 or 20 percent of the population infected, not 60 percent, not 70 percent, as everyone was saying at the beginning, because like many scientists knew back in March, there was cross immunity from other coronaviruses that people have had in the past a.k.a. the common cold. Again, the IFR, the infection fatality rate, the likelihood that someone will die if they contract coronavirus is one in a thousand. And almost all of the ones will be older people, people with diabetes, and other comorbidities. Only 6% of the deaths have been due to coronavirus without other complications. And you can damn well bet that those ones are mostly accounted for by people put on ventilators in in March and April because the ventilators killed them. And of course they did. This is so stupid. It is genuinely, literally stupid for us to still be telling one another that this is what happens and for our political leaders to be convincing us that it's true. And so the Democratic National Convention, which thank God I didn't watch much of, but I did read a lot about, I watched clips, blah, 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 okay? The idea that they are all blaming Donald Trump for 175,000 American COVID deaths is not only a malicious lie and totally immoral. It's like the idea that that could be the basis of their campaign 
Like, vote for Joe Biden. He didn't kill 175,000 people. Well, neither did Donald Trump. Donald Trump acted on coronavirus while Anthony Fauci was saying it wasn't a big deal. I go into this at much longer length in revisionist history, and I go into this at much longer length in controlled demolition. Donald Trump acted before anyone else in the United States except for Tom Cotton, the guy that everyone called a racist conspiracy theorist, just like they called Donald Trump. Donald Trump shut down travel from China, followed by travel from Europe and travel from the United Kingdom. Okay. All of that was done while the media and the Democrats were focused on trying to impeach him for something unimpeachable that they knew they couldn't impeach him for. At the end of February, Anthony Fauci said, don't change any of your behaviors. This is not a big deal. The media said the same thing. Why? Why does Donald Trump get responsibility for that? Donald Trump's not the one who made sure people couldn't take hydroxychloroquine. That was the FDA. Donald Trump's not the one who's pushing a vaccine on everyone and considering what sort of travel or work restrictions might also be put on them for not taking the vaccine. The vaccine, by the way, for a disease that the community already has herd immunity for. What are we doing? I am not even an anti-vaxxer by any measure. But this is unbelievable. We do not need to pay billions and billions and billions of dollars and inject people with something for a disease that basically no one now has and that we know how to protect old people from. They would be far better off telling the people who do have comorbid health conditions to go out and fix their diet and exercise so that they have better immune systems, not worse immune systems, which is the result of lockdowns. In the meantime, we have the biggest companies in our country and in the world seeing record profits while small businesses and people are having their lives destroyed. Businesses will never reopen. These were people's life's work. Who knows how many countless hours of hard work people put in to start their own businesses and make them successful. And now our Democratic politicians have destroyed them. Name me the Republican states that have locked down. I'll wait. Everybody says, I'll wait. So stupid. The states that lock down are Democratic. California is the biggest economic victim of this, and Gavin Newsom did it to us. He had a choice. He made a choice. He made the wrong choice, and he continues to make the wrong choices. And all of this was dependent on him eventually getting bailed out by the federal government. Same thing with Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo is publishing a book on October 13th about the lessons in leadership from coronavirus. Andrew Cuomo is the single worst, single worst handler 
of this crisis in the entire world. Not one person has overseen a worse response than Andrew Cuomo. Zero, no one, nobody. In fact, he caused much of it. For a while, they were saying only 6,000 of New York's deaths were from nursing homes. Now it's up to 11,000. We will find it's quite a few more because Andrew Cuomo put sick people into nursing homes. This is undeniably true. It is not a conspiracy. He is the single worst handler of coronavirus in the entire world. And he is writing a book about leadership. I should say he's publishing a book with his name on it about leadership in coronavirus. It is to be released on October 13th. There is no way he wrote that book because he does not have time to write that book. If he does time to have time to write that book, then he's even worse than I think he is. And it's almost impossible to be worse than I think he is. The interesting thing is that book will come out and one chapter of that book or more will focus on Andrew Cuomo's uh, interactions with Donald Trump. And the book will be exploited to say that Andrew Cuomo, everybody's hero, is giving the uh, the secret scoop about how bad Donald Trump was at handling coronavirus. If you don't think that is the point of this, I do not know what to tell you. You're probably wearing a mask and huddled up in the corner of your apartment where you have been for the last 150 days. You're probably wearing a mask in the car. You're probably wearing a mask when you go outside because you have no brain and you will do whatever the authorities tell you. And it's funny because the same group of people who act this way are the same ones who believe themselves to be positive, peace and love hippies, very unique, very open-minded. You don't question any authority, any authority. The most important events in your lifetime are happening right now. And you are prepared to take your cues from Andrew Cuomo Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden's corpse, and Anderson Anderson Cooper. And you are pretending to be an adult who's able to function in the real world? That is pathetic weakness. No one like this should ever be allowed to lead other people, ever, anywhere. There is no way that people like this will be part of my life going forward. They are not worthy of trust. They are going along with this because they are comfortable. They are fine. They don't have finances to worry about. They don't have children to worry about. And they're able to entertain themselves. They can work out in their home gyms. They can work from home like all of the media. And we trust these people. There is no downside to them being wrong. That is the definition of privilege. It doesn't matter what you do. Nothing bad can happen to you. You can get the most important issues in the history of humanity dead wrong because it doesn't affect you at all. That's privilege. And these are the people who are telling us what to do. Alyssa Milano is pulling out her own hair. 
and her beliefs align with yours. Alyssa Milano was famous 30 years ago for being on a sitcom. She doesn't know jack shit about real life. She was a child actor. And I'm sorry, show me one child actor who knows anything about real life. And I will be utterly blown away. So the Democratic Convention, I guess Joe Biden's speech was uh, viewed widely as coherent. And I congratulate him for that. I'm wondering, I really am wondering if they actually, if Joe Biden actually gave that speech live or if they recorded it in advance with as many takes as they needed to make him look that way. Um, Again, I haven't watched it, so I'm just going on what I've read about it. Uh, I will watch it because obviously if I'm going to talk about it, I should know. And that's the only reason, because it's going to be fucking torture. Um, but from what I know, there was not much uh, policy addressed in it. In fact, the entire week, I don't think, to my knowledge, there was any mention of the threat China poses. And certainly no mention of the fact that they have one million Muslim Uyghurs in concentration camps right now, where they are beaten and tortured, where they, where they are re-educated out of their religion and into fealty to the Chinese Communist Party, where the women's heads are shaved and their hair is sold to Westerners as hair extensions. But no one cares. The party of women doesn't care. The party of minorities doesn't care. Not enough to mention it, at least. And why? Well, because they are enthralled to China. They depend on China, just like all their benefactors in the United States depend on China academia, tech, the entertainment industry, corporations. Why is this okay? They don't mention China and they don't mention the violent rioting, which is now almost three months in, in Portland. Has it gotten less violent since the feds left? No. Did the violence start five weeks before the feds got there? Yes. So why do we have Democratic politicians telling us that the Portland violence began when Trump sent in stormtroopers? Why aren't people insulted by this? That is what I don't understand. They actually think you are stupid. And they know that even if you are not stupid, They have made you hate Donald Trump so much that you will say, yeah, no, I know that they're wrong, but like Trump is, Trump is just so bad. He's, he's an existential threat to the country because Kamala fucking Harris says so. Where was the existential threat to the country in January of this year? After Donald Trump had been president for three years, what was the existential threat? What was it? Can anyone think of an existential threat that Donald Trump posed? Did he put us into stupid wars like George W. Bush and Barack Obama did? No. Were people losing their livelihoods, their businesses? No. 
Was there some massive spike in hate crimes? No. There was a big spike in reported hate crimes. Because they changed the definition of hate crime. There was also a big spike in hate crime hoaxes. Like Jussie Smollett. And do you know who was at the center of the Jussie Smollett scandal? Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, who were both trying to pass their anti-lynching legislation. And they both immediately, without knowing any facts about the Jussie Smollett hoax, they both called it a modern day lynching in tweets. Isn't that an amazing coincidence? But Kamala Harris is somehow for uh, racial justice and equality while perpetuating hate crime hoaxes. And in fact, she might have been involved with the planning of that hate crime hoax because she and Cory Booker were buddies with Jesse Smollett. And no one cares. CNN is trusted. CNN is trusted. CNN among other media outlets, was sued by a kid named Nicholas Sandman, who other people know as the MAGA kid who harassed the old Native American man who was beating a drum. Except that's not at all what happened. He was wearing a MAGA hat. The Indian man harassed him, and he just stood there smiling because he didn't do anything. And now he is worth tens of millions of dollars because the media lied about him and slandered him. But we still trust the media. They've been right about nothing for the last five years, but we trust them. What I showed in controlled demolition and what I hope I showed in controlled demolition is that that media has been lying about absolutely everything for six months. They have created a mental bizarro world that much of the left lives in. And much of the left stays there because the same media has convinced them that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. So they are unable to reject an entirely false narrative that maps onto reality, not at all, because they are so concerned that Donald Trump is evil. The idea that any of you motherfuckers believe this stupid mailbox bullshit it's incredible to me. Nancy Pelosi now has refused to put a COVID relief package on the floor of the House for vote to provide actual relief without getting their other demands because she knows and says that it will give them less leverage to achieve their other goals. And those three goals, let us recall are the political demands of teachers unions, including getting federal money, including taking away the school police as if making the environment less safe is a good idea. Including defunding the normal police, which has nothing to do with it. All sorts of non-COVID demands for the teachers unions, which are just democratic policy priorities that they are now trying to implement under the guise of of. Coronavirus relief. Also, 
They want a trillion dollars to give to Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo, among other Democratic governors who have managed their states so badly that their pensions are unfunded, their health care is unfunded, and their lockdowns have now caused tens of billions of dollars of further loss. Their tax base is fleeing en masse. And the American taxpayer is supposed to bail them out. So that's that's number two. And then the third one, of course, is universal mail-in balloting. They want ballots sent to every registered voter around the country. I do not know how people still do not understand the distinctions here. Everyone who wants a mail-in ballot in the country can request it. Anthony Fauci says there is no danger in voting. And everyone knows that there is no danger in voting. There is no reason why an elderly person or a sick person who's concerned about coronavirus can't simply request a ballot and get one and vote. But instead, they are sending ballots out to millions and millions of people who do not exist or do not live at those addresses anymore. People who have died, people who have moved out of the country because they refuse to purge their voter rolls. Why do they want those ballots out there? Why do they need those ballots out there? Can anyone explain that? These ballots, the ballot notices are going out with party affiliations listed on the ballot notice on the outside. What is that supposed to do? Why would you need a D or an R or a color coding on the outside of the ballot? So that the mailman can see it. Oops, I lost your ballot. Sorry. No, we don't have any polling places. We have voter assistance centers, if you like, where you can fill out a provisional ballot that we also won't count. And they're doing this while covering up an attempted fucking coup that they tried at the end of 2016 and the beginning of 2017. And based on that, they pushed a three year long Russian collusion hoax. And then ultimately had the Mueller investigation, which was another debacle. And then a farce of an impeachment. What is there to support about these people? What was their great pitch about what they plan to do for the country? They recycled the same goddamn things they've said for the last 60 years while they have fucked up every single place they have power. How do you fuck up California? We have every natural resource known to man, the most beautiful weather in the entire world, every possible climate, and 40 million fucking people. The best of whom are now fleeing this state in droves because life here has gotten so bad and so un-American. And now Joe Biden is talking about uh, the whispering idiot, Eric Garcetti, our mayor, being the secretary of housing and urban development. How? There's something like 66,000 homeless people out here. Their conditions are awful. Crime is going through the roof. Homeless crime is going through the roof. The massive plans for homeless housing have gone nowhere 
Three years later, there are no finished projects. The cost per unit has gone from $140,000 to $700,000, 40% of which is being skimmed off to consultants, consultants who are there to do nothing more than navigate the regulations that these dumb fucks have put in in the first place. And we tolerate this. Not only do we tolerate it, we pretend that it's good. We pretend that these are the good and smart politicians. These are the politicians who follow the data and the science. And they are there to make all of our lives better just because they say so. They are actively creating a society of government dependence. They are torturing the poor and the middle class. They are stripping them of their jobs, their businesses, their homes, and their dignity. And they're making it so that their kids can't even go to school. Just so they can win an election, just so that they can get their political priorities completed. It is preposterous. This was the first week of virtual schooling for a lot of California families. I can't tell you how many of my friends with children have contacted me telling me that it is a disaster that they're going to have to pull their kids out of school and try to find other options. They are destroying the generation of the future all to take Donald Trump out of office. This is unbelievable. It is unconscionable. Every single Democrat should be thrown out. Every single one. That party should be torn down. It is the party of racism. Historically, it is the party of racism now. They win elections on the backs of black people and other minorities, on the backs of women, none of whom they help. If they were helping, they would have helped. If their programs worked, they would have worked. They have failed everywhere, everywhere, because of course they do. Their entire political philosophy revolves around stripping people of their dignity, of telling them that they cannot make it because they will be held down by forces more powerful than they are. And the truth is they are held down by those more powerful forces. They're the Democrats. This party is disgusting. It is heinous. It is immoral. It is indecent. It is un-American. They do not deserve your respect, and they certainly do not deserve your vote. And if you think that you are morally high and righteous, you're wrong. If you think that Donald Trump is an existential threat and the Democratic Party is not, you're one of the dumbest people I've ever fucking seen. I don't know what else to say anymore. Listen to controlled demolition. If you can get through that and trust these people, I don't know what's wrong with you. And Donald Trump gave a speech yesterday in Pennsylvania talking about how much Joe Biden has failed in his political career. And he has. Joe Biden's biggest accomplishment is the crime bill that is widely viewed as more harmful to the African-American community 
than anything in the last 30 years. That's Joe Biden. You think Kamala Harris helped people? How? You think Nancy Pelosi helps people? She helps Silicon Valley tech billionaires, as does Kamala Harris. There's a reason why Silicon Valley and Wall Street started pumping money into the campaign right after that. There's also a reason Joe Biden stopped outraising Donald Trump. You know what that reason is? People stopped donating to Black Lives Matter. Whoops. All of this is preposterous. And people called uh, Yamiche Alcindor, who's uh, uh, a blogger at the Washington Post or something, like the White House gossip blogger at the Washington Post. She called his speech dark and ominous. And so did a bunch of other media outlets. And then sure enough, Joe Biden's speech was about coming out of the darkness And what, that just happens? To paint Donald Trump as dark and ominous is insane. Watch any of his speeches, any one of them. Everything he talks about is restoring American dignity and getting people back to work and how great things are going to be. The only thing he is negative about is what the Democrats are actually doing. And then people tie it to darkness and conspiracy theory. That is insane. I hope everybody has a good weekend. Um, I will be back on Monday. Listen to Controlled Demolition, please, if you haven't. Uh, I think that you will be stunned by how much you have been deceived intentionally by the old guard, by the state media. I will talk more about the state media. It's a, uh, it's an idea I presented in controlled demolition. It's in part two. I think it is accurate. Um, and, uh, I will see you on Monday. Same reasonable time. Same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to more Hopes Fall. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at I'mYourModerator.com or use the hashtag HeyModerator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon, where I'll have additional daily-ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be Reasonable. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. 
On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab, and I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!